Coming up on Verse Course Verse, we got the pop bangers out of the way. Let's get fucking weird. <laughs> Welcome to Verse Course Verse, episode 107.2, 108, whatever you want to call it. I am Dio. What do you mean, me whatever you want to call it? What the fuck and is this? Sven. I felt like that should have been like a, a radio station <laughs> call sign after that. Like, K-Hits, 107.2. Sven, how you doing? Uh, I am doing really well. It's been a it's while. It's been a minute. Too yeah. long, one I might say. I'm, yeah. a, I'm like one or two beers deep. Really? It's a lot of beers. I wrote this intro name for Rachel before tonight. Just want that to be known. <laughs> Rachel, I bet she's drinking a seltzer polio. Rachel, <laughs> how you doing? Good. <laughs> Staying on brand. How's the seltzer? Fun surprise coming up. Okay. <laughs> and also with us is Eve. Oh, he took the wig off. It doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> Evil uh, quesadilla Jimmy. Evil, how you doing? Yeah. Wait, there was a case. No one can see anyway. The only fans, our Patreon fans, fans can. can. I drank a Just lot kidding. of Buffalo Trace in the first part of this, yeah. so this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, y'all. Evil's going for that end of the year. I'm glad he's going last because this is just gonna make it all the more entertaining. It's like the song I've been waiting all first, night to last, talk about too. It's, so. it's like I can't wait. Rachel, how did you feel about our coverage of Landslide? Are you okay with it? Are you proud of it? Yeah, I actually thought you were gonna rip it apart. Did you guys talk landslide while I was in the bathroom? My big thing for landslide was <laughs> that I thought that certain people were going to have a problem with it. was how much I hate the fucking covers of that song. Mm. Yeah. You just said you had a lot of thoughts what could Dude. be taken left yeah. of Oh, ways. I knew what you mean. I was just I, being I was, polite, keeping my mouth shut. I was, I was keeping it like opinion. a secret. <laughs> Sven, <laughs> same question to you about I Should Have Known. Yeah, I think we covered the did hell out fun? of it. We did pretty good. I would say our cover is the best cover. Best. Don't send this one to what's his face on YouTube. Who's that? (laughs) Oh yeah, the thiefy, thiefy McThieferstein. I'm not gonna say it. He might steal that too. Good point. You know who you are, everybody. You know what we're doing in this episode? Drinking and talking music. Go figure. She got it right. Clocks right twice Everybody every take a day. drink. Doing part two of Break It Down. A Break It Down. Thanks, man. Each of us picked a song for this two-parter opening season three. I picked three, to be fair. I picked three <laughs> songs. Yeah, you did. You picked two <laughs> shitty ones, and then you picked a good one. We only did the good one. <laughs> hey, Sven, what's Watermelon Sugar about? It's funny every it's so time. so funny. It's not not funny. I know this isn't about that song, but why? Never mind. Why what? No, we can edit this out. Why does watermelon taste like strawberries? It doesn't. Does it? (laughs) Tastes like watermelon. And tastes like none of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so straw... You don't need to go on about that. That's fine. I'm not the one that said that that's... Anyway, Rachel got right to you. Yep. (laughs) You guys are idiots. I hope you you realized that that way before today. I'm I'm trying to cut to you. I'm going to edit this out. (laughs) I think you broke evil. You are the break down the lyrics person. Wicka wicka. <laughs> did you find yourself doing that strictly with all of these or did you find yourself? 100%. Yeah. I think it's because it's what comes easiest to be out of the different facets of songs. Um, and so I thought I would rip apart the lyrics. Rip that it, seems like pluck the easiest thing for me to pluck do. It it's up. natural. Nobody else is going to do it. Stay in your lane. Pluck it up. Were there any that did musically catch you being like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. This was. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You got musically plucked? I like this musical this. I got musically plucked. <laughs> hmm There's a thing. It's coming up. Sven, you are uh, the opposite. You don't typically like to study lyrics. <laughs> you added lyrics in like 20 seconds later you don't really like to study 20 he gave it like lyrics a breath i'm trying to gauge if these episodes are just as much fun for the likes of rachel as they are for the likes of sven so sven how much fun do you have just dissecting one specific song oh yeah nah, it's it's a blast when you do a whole album or like a whole band it's like doing the quick fire thing you have a very narrow funnel yeah rapid fire through all the things so getting to deep dive into one song because honestly there's a lot of songs on a lot of the albums that we do cover you could spend the whole episode talking about and then evil you are a mishmash of everything and nothing all at once yep (laughs) (laughs) do you like studying one song at a time i enjoy the challenge it makes me focus 
I'm like, fuck, I got to listen to this fucking song. And then I'll listen to it. I'm like, oh, this is actually really (laughs) cool. You know, and I find things, Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, you're pulling a Rachel. Mm -hmm. Yep. I like it. Let's not dilly dally. I'm tipsy. (laughs) Evil's a dilly. I'm a big horse racing fan. I'm just going to put it out there. Typically, the first horse out the gate ain't the horse that wins the race. So (laughs) evil, I like that you're shooting for the end of the year award. I just don't know how good I feel about it. (laughs) Speaking of drinking games and how drunk we are and drinks and drank and drunk. Rachel, what are you drinking Mm -hmm. for this episode? I'm drinking a hard seltzer. What? From Tapa Chico. It's a strawberry guava, naturally flavored with other natural flavors. So you're drinking what you drank in the last episode. (laughs) It is 24 ounces. I am just a kid. I mean, I can drink legally, obviously. Yeah, no, this is like two drinks, though. A little disappointed, but that's okay. Sven's just pouring straight up liquor into his cup. He actually cares. He's going to call on me soon, Rachel. (laughs) Well, unlike Rachel, I'm switching up my drink. I was drinking a Whiskey Rocks. And now I'm just drinking whiskey neat. <laughs> Mostly because my ice is melted. I actually prefer this on the rocks. Evil, what are you drinking for this episode? More whiskey. More whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking the Buffalo Trace. Oh, I like it. David, what are you drinking? I've got a uh, dregs of my four local left, but no, I actually have another drink. Found this beer by happenstance right before I was doing an Instagram picture of a hipster album. And I looked up what do hipsters drink? And the answer was IPAs. So I went to the store and I I found the best hipster beer that I could and took the picture of it. Turns out it's an amazing beer that I loved. So I, I mean, I am a hipster after all. And I found one here in Florida right by where I was getting my Four loco. So I have How did you find a Voodoo Ranger oh Juice Force IPA? Oh hey, we have that here. In Orlando, right? How did that make it that far east? Uh, I don't know. And south. But it's that is such a good hazy IPA. Holy shit, mm. it's really fucking good. Yeah. It's also 9.5% alcohol. So Oh shit. It's enough. I mean, deals, you have to work in a couple hours. Deal's getting faded. That made it all the way from Colorado. If your work's not worth doing hungover, it's not worth doing. And Yinling won't ship west of the Mississippi. I, uh, we'll I'd like some. to file a grievance. Fuckers. Do you know how much a hipster weighs? <laughs> how much? An Instagram. Ah. Take a drink. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> we got to get to our first song. Why am I the only person that ever drinks when anyone I'm telling says Jimmy to drink. <laughs> you don't have to take a drink. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> drink. We are back. Number two? No. Worst dad joke ever. Hi, everybody. I mean, Uh, pay attention. Are we talking about Jimmy's album yet? Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) season three, (laughs) episode two at this point. But we've been drinking since episode one, so I don't understand why we're in the state we're in. Our next song is my song. It's not your song. It's not called that. It's the song you picked. This is the song I chose to break down, and the song that I chose just happened to actually be my favorite song of 2022. It is Welcome to Hell by Black Midi. How? How? How what? Well, David's going to tell us here in a little bit. Careful. But how? Is this your favorite song of the... 2022. I, mean, I know how, but uh, Black Midi. <laughs> Black <Loco>. Midi. <laughs> this is off of their 2022 album Hellfire. We actually dissected in one of our mm-hmm. Quickfire reviews last year. It is their third studio album, which was uh, widely acclaimed. This was the only single shared before the release of the album. Welcome to Hell was released in May. Reviews varied from pretty good to very good. I'm going to give these specific reviews before my songs slash albums. Pitchfork, which gave it a 7.8. Guardian gave it a 3 out of 5. The Needle Drop, Mm. a.k.a. Anthony Fantano, a decent to a strong 9. So he really liked this. And Who is he? Metacritic gave it a 79. Where do I start with this? How do I start with this? At the beginning. It peaked on the UK independent charts at number four. Black Midi is a London rock band, very much math and prog rock. The first thing I'll say, and there are reasons for this, and I love it, is that somebody is credited as playing the Vespa 
on this song. Like the scooter? Yes. That <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I want to get into my thoughts right. on this. But before I do, I want to start with Sven, because Sven had a surprising reaction to this for me. Sven doesn't understand why I like this song. Was that surprising, though? Also, didn't he already say this was his favorite song of the well, film? First of all, yes. <laughs> yes. I so, told you it was my favorite that. song. New season. <laughs> he didn't ask why. Why? Okay, so are you interested in my reaction or just the... Where did that reaction come from? I think I know how. For me, it's a... No, we'll get into that. I'm going to save that, my thoughts, till you go first. But but I'm very curious to hear your... Okay. Your how. I talked about it in the finale last year, so I won't go crazy on it. But we were studying for this for a uh, quickfire review. I had been listening to this album vaguely, kind of trying to, for it seemed like the whole year. Mm. Because it's one of those albums that you just, you know there's something there somewhere, but you don't fucking get it. I remember the exact spot that I was when I was on a jog in the morning, and this song probably got it got a little bit through, and everything hit me exactly what the song was about, and it hit me... I'm not a very emotional person. I literally started getting choked up while I was on a jog. The reason is I think this song does the best job I've ever heard of depicting what a modern day soldier goes through uh, in their everyday life. Mm -hmm. Just going off the lyrics right now, I'm not even touching the music, which is a whole other fucking thing. The very beginning of this where he's talking about peels of moonlight and purr of motorbikes, the red rooms and the green tables. He is poetically depicting my exact, for those of us doing Western Pacific tours, Pattaya Beach, Thailand. That is what life is there. You go on beach and it's dark, but there's neon lights everywhere. There's motorbikes just fucking driving everywhere. There's these bright red and green lights. Everything is, is, and it's not a good thing. It's a very, very bad thing. But anytime you walk into a bar, and this is where I'm, I'm talking about, like the red rooms and the green tables, basically everything is a fucking brothel there. If you are a woman, you are probably a prostitute or a, you're a bartender or a prostitute is basically what you are. Mm-hmm. All these, these towns are based around fucking shore leave. That's how they make their money. Sailors that go there to do everything carnal to prepare for going out to be a war. The gallant mist of red-blooded chivalry instilled in basic training. I studied up on this guy. He never, he wasn't a soldier. I don't know how the fuck he did this. This song just put me there. Rachel, we're on lyrics. I feel like this is pretty poetically brilliant yeah i want to go to you and see what your thoughts are i loved the lyrics of this there's an author called anthony door but he's a pulitzer prize winner i feel like he's from boise Boise. uh all the light we do not see yeah all the lights we cannot see is a pulitzer prize winner he also wrote a book called the shell collector Mm -hmm. oh Um, yeah and you can open the shell collector and point to any sentence in it and it will be the best sentence you've ever read in your life that is these lyrics and they're all so descriptive every line is so descriptive there's no Mm -hmm. laziness and again not in a super complex way in a very easy easy to figure out what's going on in the song way evil did you were you into this lyrically oh yeah a 100 percent i don't know if you remember but i was waiting for this album to come out and i listened to this song before the entire album dropped oh and okay. i was like very confused by it it was highly anticipated last year i really tried to have my finger on the pulse of like new music that was going to be yeah. Critically acclaimed, big stuff. And this this came out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It was very challenging. Uh, lyrically fascinating. To Rachel's point, Tony Dorr, uh, Cormac McCarthy vibes here. Like this is, it's poetry. Mm-hmm. This is some cool shit. And touching on what you said, the vocalist seemingly doesn't have the experience to relate to this in the way that, it seems like he should, but uh, there's some genius going on this here. This is something that like fucking Tom Waits writes, not this kid. Exactly. Yeah. I actually struggled for how to actually break the song down, 
the music goes along so well with the lyrics in that at the very beginning you just have this super raw funk drum beat mm -hmm. and then you have this very basic you know half step up guitar kicking in it's kind of fun and he, he does break into that. It's almost like a Dr. Susie, like he's just doing that mm. doom, doom, bam, bam, doom, doom, bam, bam, octave hits. Mm. It's a plucky but demented carelessness, mm. which he immediately transists into this. The only time he sings in the whole song, over exuberant, and his lyrics in that are the only lyrics that this guy's bullshitting these soldiers with, which is. Is what wins a war. Very tongue in cheek. Yes. Yeah. Like his his lyrics go along so well with what the music is doing. Mm -hmm. Sven, did you catch any of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I understand its brilliance, but I don't appreciate it. Its strength is in the poetry. Yeah. And I recognize that. It's just not my thing. I'm learning to appreciate the lyrical brilliance. And so this is a big step for someone like me. I picked a song that had like the same line repeated so many damn times. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with anything that anyone said so far. It doesn't hit home with me. I feel like it's all intentional. There's a lot of what comes off as sloppiness, haphazard intonation and timing. It's intentionally creating dissonance and intentionally creating a sense, at least for me, it gives me this uneasy feeling. And I think that it would make a lot more sense if I was really into the poetry. It surprises me because you are such a jazz mm -hmm. funk primus mm -hmm. guy. And this is so mm -hmm. prog jazz funk. Yeah, musical. I can see the, the primus parallel. Claypool has some really weird out of chord, normal chord formation kind of like harmonic things going on in the, his style. Something about it just isn't quite clicking for me. I think that the music elicits a feeling of chaos, kind of <sighs> like a circus, like all these things are going on at once and this guy's getting off at shore leave and get drunk and don't forget to go to the brothel and don't forget to do all these things because you have to do this later. And it's this like drunk, chaotic moment. I know it drives you insane, but it's so incredibly perfect to put you in the feelings of what it's got to feel like exactly. to be in that mindset and to know the next day that you're going off to war. That's to, go to, to me, war, that's exactly a different kind of chaos. Rachel just did an extremely good job of explaining yeah, exactly what the song is to me. It kind of grows and gets to the biggest point of sporadic fever dream crazy go do your thing and then those last two lines of that which is the the painless plainness of military life resumes tomorrow night and all of a sudden it kicks into this massive symphonic mm -hmm. fucking that's the war that's That's where it kicks in. It's massive and it's the horns and it blares as fucking hard as you can. And then we move to the next portion of the song, which goes from shore leave to now the shit's going down. Mm. I don't think that those who have not been involved in combat, and I'm one of them, understand how close it is to actual real life. Yeah. And that's an uncanny thing. It's very uncomfortable when artists try to, to depict that in any way. It's a message or an experience that can really only be appreciated by those who have been in it. That can be obtuse mm. to those who are who have not like experienced that. I try to keep an open mind experience-wise digesting messages from those who are trying to convey that. So I, I, I can appreciate yeah. it. It's weird. It's uncanny to me. To me, the, the most interesting thing, something that I just learned tonight when you said that he's a guy from the UK, he's never served in, in the military, that makes me want to listen to it again just from, like, I just assumed 
that he was former military. Going into it with that mindset was like, well, I'm not going to relate to this. And maybe that 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 put up some barriers, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, subconsciously. It seems to describe, and you've said like how accurate it is. Oh, it's it's freakishly accurate. How he got there without personally experiencing it, right? He has to have a brother or a friend that he's had to comfort, or he, there has to be something going on because the pictures that he's painting are so unbelievably accurate. Yeah. Like I said, there's the symphonic, whatever you want to say, because now we transition into mm-hmm. a a general that is comforting a soldier by saying, doesn't fucking matter that you killed this person. If it wasn't for you, it would have been some fucking Eastern disease. Like this person would have died by something stupid. Cholera. Person, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that piece was like ugh. Exactly. And at this point in time, now the song is angry. Mm-hmm. The guitar is loud. It's cynical. And you have that piano clink. If not for you, it would have been cholera, malaria, or some eastern disease. It's driving and it's pissed and it's Yeah. Jesus Christ. The fuck yeah. this fucking song. You know what it reminds man. me of a little bit. You remember listening to clips of like old radio stories like basically it was a movie like that you couldn't War see of the world so like mm-hmm. anything that to yeah. illustrate things it was music and sound effects yeah that's what this kind of reminds me of mm. i can recognize the intentionality and i can recognize brilliance that i'm not able to see mm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. i don't even know what else i can say it keeps climaxing and climaxing and turning from you are the hero you are the patron saint, the God among men. And then all of a sudden, this person is having mental problems because he's having a hand in killing people. And then suddenly it's, you sniveling fuck. Bullets are made for men like you, pussy. And at this point, the song is totally changed. The song is just this fucking... You know what this reminds me of? The boot camp. If you say like, full metal jacket, y- yep, I'm going <laughs> to... Yes. I just now made that connection the POV, we are experiencing what the new recruits are in that part of Full Metal Jacket. The yeah. the, the yeah. voice, the music is the drill instructor basically yeah. berating yeah. us into becoming a soldier, but we yeah. fail at the end and we're private pile essentially yeah. is what we are. Mm-hmm. That's fuck. Oh my I'm glad God. that you <laughs> I'm glad that you connected that because wow. I have the hugest respect for for kubrick and his films and yeah. like this full metal jacket is one that i don't feel like i've fully been able to appreciate maybe i that's why i like the song so much because i fucking love stanley kubrick. yeah <laughs> but i i don't connect to it in a way that is like internal it's it's all very outside of me yeah rachel there's one line in the song that i really wanted to get your mm-hmm. opinion on what it meant or your take on it and you can build on it from the line previous or one line that sticks out. I feel like it's hard to even express the wild, the useless, the dead, the untamable. Motherless children and temperous widows, the wild, the useless, the dead, the untamable. As far as meaning for this, anyone that's expendable is what I kind of read it as. Even relating to other sailors or other soldiers, the soup nothingness that was once your best friend, he's tying that into this group of people that are completely expendable and completely worthless, and it's okay to kill them. And again, he goes on. Yeah. Oh, it was before that when he said, if it wasn't you that killed them, it would have been something else. It doesn't matter. You don't need to have remorse for that. Mm -hmm. There's some really dark stuff, bringing it back to like this feel of like, announcing in a circus ring that kind of feels like how it is it's like this big boastful grandiose presentation of lyrics and they're really fucking dark but the way that he's presenting them is like a bouncy happy sort of way that makes you makes it kind of even worse the song ends with the same outro as intro and i love that and i'm just making up my own bullshit here interpretation for interpretation's sake for me it is the cycle of the millions of men and women that have done this that are going to do this again that have been through the same insane fucking cycle 
that's really all that I personally would want to end on this song is that speaking from my experience in my time with the Navy and the people that I was surrounded with, if you want to really get a feel for what it was like, this is what it was like. And not to the extremes, you know, I wasn't, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. It's not like I was on front lines. I wasn't shooting at people and I wasn't getting shot at and the friends that I have had die in the military were from mental things they weren't from you know I didn't watch anybody get shot or anything it doesn't really fucking matter it's just a really really accurate depiction I have a whole fucking I have like two pages of notes that I didn't use whoops (laughs) evil the John McRae best line of the song Limbs rendered birds by the speed they flew off. A soup, nothingness, that once was your best friend. Motherless children and temptress widows. The wild, the useless, the dead, the untamable. A soup, nothingness, that once was your best friend. Is one of the fucking wildest lyrics I have ever heard in a song, period. Rachel. Yeah. So don't tell me of your troubles, your emotional grief. Take in the sights. This is shore leave. Yeah. That one hit me in the stuff your fucking feelings down. Have a good time. Don't tell your name. Don't ask for hers. If not for you, it would have been cholera, malaria, or some Eastern disease. Mm. That's when the song really kicks in and you start to realize what's going on. Yeah. You're realizing that it's not a hero's tale. You're also not to the part where there's a clear villain. Svend, what's your favorite line of the song? I think the most powerful line for me is the very end. Tonight, you decide which corner takes residence, which room looms forever in your mind. The part that gets me is really, but now you're on your own. We don't need men like you. Mm. Private Tristan Bongo, hereby hereby discharged. discharged. Mm. Discarded after after Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. Right back yeah. to you, Sven. Who's the demographic for this song? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> like, the easy answer is to say, like, people that have experienced modern military. But I feel like that's a cheap, easy answer. And the honest answer is that I don't really know. I tried to watch a couple reactions to this just because I was so fascinated in what other people's takes would be. And, like, Justin Hawkins, and there was one other guy, for example, that I... It's funny because you do, you watch some of these reactions and they have no idea what the fuck he's... I thought that it was very obvious right from the beginning because he's talking about shore leave and he's talking about uh, standing in line today and to die for your country does not win a war, you must kill. I thought it was really obvious, but you hear people do reaction videos and stuff and they're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I'd like to say that it, it could be anybody or anybody that's into Prague. Maybe it is just... People like military? I don't know. I don't know. What's your demographic for this? <laughs> Anyone wanting to relive the joys of PTSD? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pull yeah. up this quote by Major General William H. Rupertus. It speaks to what they're trying to address, at least somewhat in the song. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. My rifle without me is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. I must fire my rifle true. I must shoot straighter than my enemy who is trying to kill me. I must shoot him before he shoots me. I will. My rifle and myself know that what counts in this war is not the rounds we fire, the noise of our bursts, nor the smoke we make. We know that it is the hits that count. We will hit. My rifle is human, even as I, because it is my rifle. Thus, I will learn it as a brother. I will learn its weaknesses, its strengths, its parts, its accessories its sights and its barrel. I will ever guard it against the ravages of weather and damage as I will ever guard my legs, my arms, my eyes, and my heart against damage. I will keep my rifle clean and ready. We will become part of each other before God. I swear this creed. My rifle and myself are the defenders of my country. We are the masters of our enemy. We are the saviors of my life. So be it. Until victory is America's, there is no enemy but peace.
days. Yeah. See, and that hit the nail on the head. And then when the civilian population yeah. hears that, some portion of that's it, gonna freak out some people. Does crazy yeah. stupid shit. Red blood got chivalry, a basic training. Whatever. Yep. Um. Yeah. Where do you go from there, right? I don't even know where to go from there. I put <laughs> David James Liston. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the fucking demographic is. <laughs> I mean, it hit me pretty hard. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. John Paul Jones Award. I'll start. It's too easy, but I'm using it. Really want to hear you know who on this, right? Some, some Les Claypool? Yeah. <laughs> Les Claypool's bass on this song would be fucking amazing. <laughs> it really would. Yeah. I'll push back on that. Because watching them perform live, their bass player does some stuff that Les Claypool doesn't do. Doesn't doesn't does. He doesn't does it at all. <laughs> yeah, doesn't does. Uh, doesn't do. He he he'll hit a note and he's got like some effect that's having it do some weird thing. Yeah. you need to watch them live. Yes, really. Yeah. I have watched live video, not just of this song, but of Black Midi playing live, and I feel like in general, I would enjoy everything this band does live. Mm. more than the album I version of anything they do. They're they're one of those bands. Can I say some Foo Fighter accordion? Can I like maybe some accordion <laughs> some in there? Foo Fighter let's, let's get it let's a little bit more crazy in there. Jeff back on there. Let's let's have... like... Rachel, right back to you. <laughs> yeah. Ahead of its time or well time. Definitely had some World War II vibes to it. Yeah. But I know that everything has been timeless tonight, but I think this can... I mean, we're never not at war with somebody... It's always applicable, sadly. I think these guys are ahead of their time in what they're doing. I think you're probably uh, right. I watched the music video to this, and I think maybe that's where I got Radiohead yeah. vibes. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, I think maybe yes. that's why I have that connection. These gotcha. guys are ahead of their time. They're definitely on the bleeding edge of like prog. I, fuck, what do you even call it? Punk? Yeah. Funk? Yeah. Like punk prog, punk yeah. prog, rock, funk, yeah. something. I don't know. They're doing something. It's avant garde. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Songs like this therapeutic, or do they just fuck you up more? Mm. Nobody knows. <sighs> Nobody knows. Uh, is the band as good as the song? Who's to say? We are. Oh, that's our job. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. If we don't know the entire discography, is it fair to judge? Yeah, but we've watched them live, and you have, if you did your homework correctly, you did listen to this whole album, right? (laughs) I mean, I did a while ago. I haven't listened to the whole discography. I haven't listened to this this whole album, just not all Is it three albums? albums? How many do they have now? I think three. They have three. three. Who won the song? Evil. Fans who wanted to hear a collaboration between Primus and Cake... (laughs) writing songs about the horrors of war in the style of radiohead is what i wrote that is very narrowed down accurate yeah rachel (laughs) rachel said the same exact thing (laughs) oddly specific (laughs) rachel who won the song i said sailors on leave um i think just anyone that wants to the ones that didn't get chlamydia oh shit good job (laughs) It's just a little pill anyway. Um, I feel like anyone who wants No, that's to... herpes. Oh my God, David, let me finish the fucking sentence. You're a nightmare. We're like turned into an adult swim show at this point. I don't want to work here anymore. Okay, anybody who wants to see what war actually feels like to people or anyone who wants to realize that they're not the only one that feels the way that they do. Oh, that is like been that through the experience. Oh, Sven. We won because we totally got half an episode out of the song. Oh my God, we sure fucking did. <laughs> and now I gotta go pee. Bye. And as yeah, usual, Sven runs we away all early. All right, we are three fourths done with our songs, <laughs> episodes. Rachel has never been more in love with us than she is now. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We're back, guys. We're almost done. <laughs> All right. For fuck's sake. Rachel is so close to quitting. You guys don't no, even understand. No, that's just drunk. You can see it in her eyes. Now you can see it in Evil's. I guess I didn't read in the fine print that it was going to be a two-parter. Yeah. And I was just like, four songs. Psh, we'll get that done in like two hours. Easy peasy. Do we ever get anything done? <laughs>
<laughs> I was wrong. You went to the evil school of reading comprehension. Oh, shit. <laughs> Burn. Evil. You got the last song of the night. What, me? What? Huh? So I picked <laughs> Story to Tell by the band Death. Off of their album, The Sound of Perseverance, their seventh album in their catalog and last album in their catalog, released August 31st, 1998 on Nuclear Blast Records. It is track four on the record. This is the final recording by Chuck Schuldiner and Death. He went on to record more material with the band Control Denied before he tragically passed away from complications related to brain cancer. He actually, uh, I think it was complications with pneumonia. Death is a band that is highly revered in the medical, in the medical. It could be medical. (laughs) In the medical field. Dude, I am fucking tipsy. Hold on. Death is highly revered in the medical field. I just want (laughs) to... We can probably just stop there and just end the episode. Very, very revered in the metal community. Kind of a forerunner of heavier, more extreme metal. Uh, Chuck Schuldiner is, like I said, he passed away in, I think it was 1998, maybe early 1999. Was a fucking, the guy was a legend. Yeah. I absolutely love this album. I love the sound of Perseverance. I like their entire catalog but this was the album that resonated the most with me and this is my favorite song of theirs when i was like really getting into more extreme metal like death metal you know with like the harsh vocals and stuff this song fucking reached out to me and pulled me in it gave me a big warm hug and said come in there's all kinds of stuff for you to to (laughs) check out that's why i picked it i have a whole theme moving forward i feel like we're going to do more episodes like this and I have um, little tendrils that'll kind of reach out from this band and track that will uh, permeate tendrils. the rest of the year. So God damn it. I'll, I'll leave it there. Rachel, mm-hmm. we are going to do this at least three times, maybe four times this year. Are your songs going to have a uh, theme? You know, I thought about that <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think they will. I think I'm going to try and make them random. I don't want to be whatever. Fine. Who cares? Mine do. Fine. Evil. Do you, you have a fucking theme? Yeah, they're metal. That's the theme. Next. Oh. <laughs> Evils. <laughs> no, they're songs that mean a lot to me. Yes, they're metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sven, are your songs gonna have a theme? I'm not. Well, can I pick like, off who? It's for Sven's Funhouse? Yeah, they're just a second faster. No, I'm not gonna have a theme. Like I could settle. <laughs> Evil. I want you to know something. Yes. I want to know something. Do you know where death was originated? Florida. Altamont. I'm like 15 miles away from where they originated. (gasps) What? Isn't that cool? I didn't put that together until just now. Holy shit. I didn't put it together until I was having dinner tonight. I was like, wait a minute. Altamont, Florida. Like 90s death metal had a pretty big scene in that area like death yeah yeah i wanted you to get into why you picked this specific song and it turns out it's more of a personal yeah this is the song that hit you i consciously set out to explore heavier music at one point and a band that kept coming up was death i remember listening to some of their earlier stuff and being like ugh. <laughs> Not for me. Was this about the year that this came out? And like, uh, no, this came out in 1998. Um, this was probably early 2000s. Okay. This was the album, and this song in particular from this album is what grabbed me. Okay. And it, it like looped me in, and then I kind of like I listen to stuff way heavier than this now, but at the time, this was pretty extreme for me story to tell it was the one that reached out to me from this album and this album from their entire catalog kind of grabbed me and pulled me in i think this is one of the best metal albums of all time and this is one of my favorite i won't say that this is one of the best songs of all time it's one of my favorite songs of all time i do think this is one of the best albums of all time in the metal genre rachel our growing metalhead. Yeah, I have so many thoughts about this. It had some really good stuff that I was super into, but it might have been a little bit too hard for me, mm-hmm. even though I I really am into metal these days. This dude screams yeah. a lot. There's a lot of screaming. I mean, this is death metal. Yeah. Oh, this for is sure. Real death metal. Yeah. yeah. This is like yeah. the real thing. This like kind of 
started death metal, right? Mm-hmm. Death started death metal. Mm, that Imagine makes sense that. now. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Schuldiner, who is kind of the, the main guy behind the band Death, is he didn't invent death metal, but he is definitely one of the people who made it flag what it bearer was. for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing about metal is I'm a really big drum fan. And the drums in this were so amazing. Amazing. Mm. There were all these alternate drum beats that kept changing, but it made sense every time it changed. And I just expected yeah. it to be more consistent and it wasn't, but it worked really well. Mm. But I love a good so, metal drum. Here's the thing about drums. Everybody pays homage to all these different drummers and they pay respect to all these different styles of drums. This drummer is so good at this and this drummer is so good at this. And it's not about this. It's about the Ringo stars that can stay on time. The bottom line is when you're a drummer, you are going to dictate how good you are based on how fast you can be. <laughs> And this guy is the fastest of the fast. He's the fastest drummer in all the land. It's like when you're a basketball player. It's about the passing and it's about how well you do this. No, no, motherfuckers. How well you dunk. That's what it is. He's a drummer that can be fast. Mm -hmm. Sven, you were so excited to talk about this that you shat on my album and then just tried to (laughs) jump right over it. So now's your chance. Putting a pin in the drummer thing, because I want to circle back around to that, that also was one of the things that grabbed me. I remember this album, this song, it was after it had already been out for a couple years. It was probably like 2000, might have been 99. But I was really into Morbid Angel. Mm. And I remember a friend of mine who was an insane metal guitar player. He auditioned for OzFest, got the call back, and then couldn't fly to wherever it was because his mom was like, nope. (laughs) But like... He wow. like, I was like, you're not that good. And then he'd just rip crazy arpeggios, just death metal style. And that's all he listened to. I was really into Morbid Angel. And this guy was like, have you heard Death? Because if you like Morbid Angel, right. you'll totally like the band Death. Yeah. What should I listen to? He gave me kind of like a, a few CDs and Sound of Perseverance was one of those. When Evil picked this song, it took me a minute to make that connection. But once I realized, like, holy shit, yes, that's... I was so stoked. The drummer, okay, Richard... uh, Christy. Thank you. You, Like, to your point about how fast death metal drummers play. I'm talking about how fast this motherfucker plays. Yeah, about a minute (laughs) 20 into into this song. On the cymbals, like these 30-second notes. Mm. Yeah. Like these crazy... Oh my God. And that's just his symbol machine gun. It's to a point where you, I think to a casual listener, it might sound sloppy, but when you actually like Mm. click it out and time it out, holy shit. No, those are like, he's hitting upbeats on these, just the subdivision. Richard Christie isn't counting one, two, three, four. He's not even counting one and two and three and four. And one Eana, it's two not e. even one Eana, two. E. It's not even. It's like in between that. It's just the subdivisions that he's got constantly running through his head to hit. Yeah, it blows my mind. And then this song, my throat felt sore just listening to it. Right. <laughs> Normally, I'm not into. I I love a good scream. Normally, I'm not into like the super raspy screams. But when it comes to death metal, like there's no other way to really deliver. Like Chuck has this. It's like a blend between Steve Tucker who's morbid angel right Mm -hmm. but then like you know how dave mustaine has like this Mm -hmm. higher pitched yeah yeah if you took could take that type of a voice and then give it the raspy growly scream it fits so awesomely into the bed of all the other sounds going on (laughs) (laughs) i yeah this song is very much that style of metal it's almost I'd compare it to a symphony. There's a lot yes. of transitions. Now we're going to break into this chord structure and mm-hmm. this beat. You had mentioned that this song was really what hit you. That is a very specific type of metal. You know, I think when a lot of the uninitiated who are not metal fans think of heavy metal, they think of like Bonehead. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that a lot of metal has 
intelligent thought and acumen behind it. Chuck Schuldiner and Death, they wave the flag for that. Like this is very progressive music. There are ideas in here, especially at the time in 1998, that were not being done in heavier music. He pushed things, especially at that point in time, to the extremes in terms of like song structure, in terms of the musicality and the musicianship. The album Sound of Perseverance and this song are representative of the refinement that was going on in that kind of music, how it can be like this extreme, brutal music, but also beautiful at the same time and complex. That's art to me. And I fucking love it. A few albums before this on Human, the guitars and drums were, it's Cynic. It's Paul Masvidal and Sean Reiner from Cynic. You have Gene Hoagland playing with him. Um, after that and the two albums that preceded this who's like they call him the atomic clock that's how yeah. good that guy is Chuck was able to surround himself with these amazing musicians to fulfill these ideas that he had in a genre of music that m- the broad public would view as being like meatheads but the reality is it was really smart really progressive really musical there was so much more going on than it's like Transformers it's more than meets the eye <laughs> Super technical. Super, super technical. Yeah, so technical. And death metal is like, on its own, is like so rhythmically complex as mm -hmm. opposed to like thrash and speed metal, which is very guitar-centric and Mm riff-focused. The drummer side of me just gets pulled in to death as a band. Not that the guitars aren't doing anything, but this is very much like the complexity and rhythms and rhythm changes and tempo changes. And like, just in this one song, like I I counted out like time signature changes at one point and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't like write it down. Yeah. Yeah. How often they change tempo and then time signature. It's technical on a level that it's hard to wrap your head around. You know how people sometimes will say jazz is music for musicians? Mm -hmm. Like in the same way, I feel like this is a lot of times- Absolutely. Music for musicians, just- It is. Yeah. Metal artists very much pride themselves on being technical. Yeah, it's acumen. And when you're technical, your strive is to always be better. Yep. So it's these dudes that listen to fucking Master of Puppets. It's not like the grunge thought process of, I can do that. The metal is more like, I can do better than that. Mm-hmm. I want to do more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's where all this technical side comes in. And that's where it just keeps getting better and better. Oh, it's super competitive. Um, yeah. Like, out of all the genres, it's the most competitive. Yeah. You do a fucking, um, can't think of the word because for loco. It influences in this. Yeah, yeah. This influenced fucking everything. Everything. Yeah. It influenced most of the current musicians that I listen to today. Even if they don't admit it, it did. <laughs> right. When you're in this hyper-competitive, different and better and faster and, and more creative than what came before us, when someone actually dies it allows you to Pay credit them y- yeah. yeah exactly admit how and, good that person really was yes, yes. and he was he was yeah or i he can't was just wait like until i die dude. you guys admit how amazing i am finally we'll be able to <laughs> I think there's lots of bourbon evil question for you though yes so you were 20 something when this came out do you think was that a number so evil you were kind of in your in your prime when this came out I'm in my prime right now. What the fuck I, are you talking about? I am almost in my prime. I'm getting almost. there. Okay, say you're like 20-something. Do you think that that had an influence on you because you were becoming an adult and and really feeling in your... Pure disclosure. If I would have listened to this as me when this came out, I would have been like, what is this? Yeah. We did the 97 dissection and you said that this was like mm-hmm. right before... Yep. You started to get yep. into your whole Yeah. Yeah. So I you wasn't this converted like a, you? This was more of like a codification than a than a conversion. Hmm. On Earth, in Flames were the conversion. They're still to this day two of my favorite bands. I started like looking for more heavier, cooler stuff after I experienced those two bands. This is the last death album. And I probably in my personal tastes human that's about kind of my cutoff prior to that it's, it's a little raw for me 
personally. That's what she said. Paul Masvidal and Sean Reinert from Cynic, they played on that album, and it's good. And that forward... Paul Masvidal did? Yeah. I gotta learn more about metal. So this is part of my theme for the year, <laughs> by the way. Chuck has had Richard Christie, yes. Gene Hoagland, yes. Sean Reinert. Yes. Dude, <laughs> he just fell into a bath of best drummers right. of all time. Exactly. What the yes. fuck? <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Right. This is why I picked this song and this album to start off the year talking about individual songs, because I have a whole playground that I can pull from moving forward. Way better than um, all those landslide covers. <laughs> the chicks didn't cover Painkiller, I'll tell you that right now. Losers. Rachel, any final thoughts? Nothing. I got nothing. Well, then at least tell us what the John McRae best line of the song is. Try and wash the evil from your mind. Because evil? <laughs> exactly. Because I just got... Because <laughs> the imagery was so beautiful that I really, like... This is disgusting. Like, really felt like somebody getting their skull split in half and then getting it washed out. Aww. It is. It's cute, right? Aw. Sven, what do you got? I don't fucking know. I was too busy listening to drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Sven answer. <laughs> it's probably the one that went... That's a good one. Evil, what's your line? If you think you know the end, take another look at the script of sadness etched in the book. This is a favorite line as well as a question. To you, I am past a story to tell. Mm. I think that that's two separate thoughts. To you, I am past. I am just something in your mm -hmm. fucking rear view, comma, a story to tell. I'm just something that you get to move forward and talk about. Mm -hmm. It might not be that because it's one sentence. Do you think I'm missing? Do you interpret that as something else? No, I don't. I actually, I think you're onto something. After he recorded this and released this album, he moved on to another project called Control Denied, which is yeah. most people would still call it metal, but it's more of like a power metal sort of. It's it's not a death metal thing. I think this album was some commentary on being yourself and being true to what you want to do. I felt like he was almost kind of done with that scene, but I don't know. I mean, he was a musical genius. He really was. I do think that this song and the, the lyrics from the entire album was kind of commentary on him wanting to kind of grow beyond where he was at currently. Staying at you, what's the demographic award? Who's this for? Metalheads with brains and good taste. I mean, honestly. He's right below me on the Zoom. I'm pointing at him. <laughs> the demographic is evil. Rachel, your answer is the same. It is. Sven, what's your answer? Who's the demographic? It's for people that like sore throats. I like it. <laughs> the Stairway Award, is this their best song, Sven? No. Sorry, I had to think about it for a minute. I don't think this was their best song. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I have no fucking By clue. By far, huh? Shrug emoji. <laughs> There's actually a couple other songs on this album that I like more than this, so it's definitely not to yeah. me evil. I don't think it's their best song it's my favorite so it's the best to me i like it this is the fucking song that got me into him and so it's my favorite john paul jones award it's perfect and there's no <laughs> one that would switch in how could you fix this song Seriously. i don't think i would change anybody what i put is i look i know that i am typically a no window flaunt it type of guy the drums are already just rocking shit in this i would have wanted to hear just a, a little more guitar shredding more, more. even more <laughs> all right i love the i'm telling you he does some amazing parts where all of a sudden he's like doo -doo 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 -doo. he could have done that for yeah. 15 straight seconds it, along with the high when these high he did trey trey from morbid angel no i think the song is perfect the way it is tight butthole rachel um <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say something horribly blasphemous so evil earmuffs to it. you're gonna say kirk hammett no. Chester oh. Bennington. Oof. What, what the fuck? I wanted. <laughs> I can't even. I, I wanted, can't even be mad at I that. I wanted so less. <laughs> I wanted lighter, happier screaming. Happy screaming. Happier. Death. Like like him. Aww. This is my favorite oh my episode God. we've ever done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, evil. Was this ahead of its time or well timed? Oh, so ahead of its time. This is. 
light Was years it? ahead of its time. It's you don't think it's a little, like you don't think that it's no. You're wrong. Stop. So you don't think it's <laughs> standing on the shoulders quit, of like a quit. master of the puppets or that or that kind of thing. No, not even remotely. How do you not even remotely? Because no. I'm smart. You can't hear any like battery in this song, for example. Separate genre. No, no. it's so different. <laughs> no, I don't. Let me frame it this way. In what, 1986, Master of Puppets was ahead of its time. In 1998, this was ahead of its time. Is it like regressive? Is this like in 1986? No, this is fucking, this is shit that is, if Sound of Perseverance was released today, it would be progressive. Sven, you were agreeing you think this is ahead of its time? Yeah, at least a couple years ahead of the time because I was Gateway to Annihilation was the Morbid Angel album in 2002 that I was like super mm. into. It came out like 1998, like later in the year, right? It was like fall or something. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was kind of like I was into a band and someone's like, okay, if you're into this, you need to hear where this came from kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And then they referred me to Death and specifically this album. To me, it was like brand new. And then I realized that like yeah. I was showing up 10 years late or well, 12 13 years late to the party kind of a thing. Rachel, do you do you have an answer to this? Yeah. Well, you have Possessed <laughs> at 83, but outside of that. <laughs> You're so full of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, Rachel, is the band as good as the song? Probably. The song was fantastic. Probably. But I haven't listened to anything else, but yeah, I'm, it's great. I, it's, I'm not a huge metal head. I love not death metal. This is death metal. But what I'm trying to get to is I don't listen to death metal. I know death. Yeah. It's like people that don't like fucking indie rock, they still know fucking Radiohead. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what they meant to the genre. Sven, is the band as good as the song? Yeah, maybe better. Of course. Evil? I'm interested because you love this song so much. I do. I think they did their groundbreaking work before this song. Is better the right word? Because this is a different direction. I enjoyed Symbolic I more than this album i feel like this album was a what could have been but they did their groundbreaking work prior to this album i like it this is still my favorite album like i i still personally like personal taste this is what i like we are down to the very last question for this album rachel who won this album james stanton mm. Sven. rachel polio <laughs> <laughs> Richard Christie won this album. Yes, that's the correct yeah. answer. He's a yeah. fucking drummer Jimmy god. My god, I could not believe it when and it's not just the goddamn every 12 seconds there's some new like wait, what's he doing on the fucking mm. hi-hat right now? What? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh Evil who won the song. I think we all won and lost this song. The album's fucking amazing and it's kind of a culmination of the work that came before it. But it was also Chuck's last death album. And, you know, he unfortunately, he passed away at a young age. So okay. it's fucking awesome that we have it. It sucks that we didn't get to see what else he could have produced. You know what I find really, it's a fun fact to me, is that like he lists Twisted Sister as an yeah. influence. Yeah. And like, like how far he <laughs> was from that sound. <laughs> I still, I still think it's amazing that that's, that was an influence. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We're not gonna take it. <laughs> I mean, we gotta end it at that. That's our episode. We've done two. Everybody's tired. Rachel has wanted to quit for about two hours now. There's that. Uh, There's that. <laughs> I would do a final question of which one's the favorite of the four, but I'm pretty sure everybody's favorite is their own. So they're all so different. I actually mm. like yours the best. They are. David, I think. Oh, really? If I had to. That was interesting. That was an, the most challenging listen, I would say. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. Evil. Are you so glad you got to talk about death? Yeah, I'm not done talking about death. The band, not the thing that we all do. Aww. Rachel. Yes. I David. see your background hasn't changed, even though I gave you art. That's okay. I know. I need, yeah. I'm going to put it up. Uh, I'm going to put it up. I have two more pictures to put up because I have a uh, Haley Williams, one of these. I don't know. Who. That I got for a birthday. Who's Haley Williams? Paramore. She's oh. the lead singer Paramore. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill you. Sven, I'll see you next week, my man. See yes, you never. You will. 
Not just me. Yes, just you. It's just me. <laughs> you have to study this time. <laughs> no, not really. For Sven and I's episodes this year, we aren't doing albums. We decided to pick a musical person. And we are doing an artist for our first one. And he is my favorite rapper of all time. And I'm very, very, very excited for that. You guys are going to do Drake? <laughs> yes. Yay. I want to come. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> uh, everybody, we love you. I love you. Good night and good luck. Good night. <laughs>